0: Okay, so that completes 20 minutes of meditation. I would encourage you to join me in the third step prayer. We're going to do it one line at a time, one breath at a time, with uh, actually a few breaths in between each line to actually practice what the prayer is asking us to do or not do. Uh, You know what? Johnny, can you lead the prayer? Yep, one second. I have a... Johnny, can you lead the prayer today? I'm trying to unmute you. You're not there, maybe. Okay. Uh, How about uh, Phyllis? Where'd you go, Phyllis? Are you there? Okay, I'm gonna lead the prayer. So, for me, the first line of the prayer is the word God. So I breathe in the word God. And I take a few breaths. And I continue calling out to this thing we call God. And when I'm ready, I breathe out the next line of the prayer. I offer myself to Thee. And I take a few breaths. And I just consider my commitment to that line of the prayer, what I'm praying. How committed am I right now, right here, to offering my will and my life over to the care of God? And when I'm ready, I breathe in to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. And I take a few breaths and I try to see if there's a sense or a feeling or a knowing of what my higher power might want to build with me or do with me today. And I breathe out the next line of the prayer. Relieve me of the bondage of self. And I take a few breaths. And I try to see what it would feel like or sound like or be like if I had no story, no old ideas, no opinions, just an open mind. And I breathe in that I may better do thy will. And I take a few breaths. And I think about how much better could I do God's will if I had that quiet mind. And I breathe out, take away my difficulties, and I take a few breaths, and I look over my day today, day and I try to get a sense of what have been my difficulties today, what has gotten in the way of me being the man that I think God would have me be. And I breathe in that victories over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. And I take a few breaths and I think about the rest of my day to day. And I think about the people I might come in contact with. And I think about how I might affect them if I truly was an example of God's power. God's love and God's way of life. And I breathe out the last line of the prayer, May I do thy will always. And I take a few breaths and I smile. And I picture myself doing God's will right here, right now, always. And whenever you're ready, you can gently open your eyes. Allow yourself to become aware of seeing that now you're seeing with your eyes open. Just take a few breaths. Just allow yourself to see. Allow yourself to be present right here, right now. And um, welcome. Welcome back. So, I'm Randy. I'm an alcoholic. What that means is that my body... Hey... That means, for me, what it means is my body's allergic to alcohol. So I can never, ever drink alcohol successfully again, ever, one day at a time, right now, forever. Um, The reason I'm allergic to alcohol is because I have a disease. I have a disease that centers in my mind, and the disease is called alcoholism. And the disease talks to me, and it talks to me in my own voice, And it manifests in the day that I'm in today as an unsatisfiable, fault-finding, opinionated mind that's always in a hurry, easily frustrated, and can't stand the word no. And because of that mind, I'm constantly in some degree of emotional pain. And when I try to stop drinking and I don't have the drink anymore to treat this this uh, underlying restless, irritable, discontent situation that I find myself in every day because of the disease of alcoholism, it gets very loud and it gets very painful. And now I find myself in AA with time away from alcohol and I still find myself waking up unsatisfied and fault-finding, and opinionated. And when I get in enough emotional pain, sober, I'm going to do whatever it takes to kill that pain. Uh, Some people drink, some people kill themselves. Uh, In between, I have eaten and gambled and sex and shopping and tried everything else to quiet that mind. And the bottom line is that I have alcoholism. I have this disease. It's never going away. It's never going to stop talking to me and it's never going to stop telling me that it's me and that I don't have a disease and that all I need is a new car or a new job or a new wife or a new house or a new assignment or something exciting in my life or a new book or a new anything. It will never look inside and say, no, you need to change. It's always coming up with the idea that if I could change something on the outside then I would be okay and therein lies my problem and so this disease needs to be treated and uh, there is a ton of stuff going on here at my house today so I might be a little bit distracted but I wanna what what I'd like to do today is just read through 60 to 63 a little bit and talk about what's in that Again, I know we do this all the time, but I want to do it. I'm going to do it in the first person. This is the way I read 60 to 63 upon awakening every morning, except for I haven't done it yet today, so we're doing it now for me. Thank you. I appreciate you doing this with me today. So it starts in the middle of the page, being convinced, and it says being convinced we were at step three, but... I don't read it in the we, because we, when I read the word we, that means you guys, you're the we that needs to do this, and I my life would get better if we, being you, would just practice this better. And if So if we did this, I my life would be much better, but I have to do this, so I have to read it in the eye. So being convinced I am at step three, which is that I decided to turn my will and my life over to the care of God as I understood him. Just what do do they mean by that and just what do I do? So first of all, I gotta ask myself, am I convinced that I am at step three in this program? That I need to make a decision to turn my will and my life over to the care of God as I understood it? Am I convinced of that? Because if I'm not, then why read the next paragraph? It would just be an exercise in reading and I know I can read, I've been reading for years. I know I can read, and I've read this a million times, and I understand it, and I think that I understand what it means and what it wants me to do, because I think I understand it because I understand what each word in the sentence means, and so I think I have an understanding of what is being asked of me, but do I have the experience of being at a place where I, right now, am convinced? that I am ready to turn my will and my life over to the care of God as I understood it. And the understood is past tense because I had to have done something in step two till we've even gotten to a place where I could have the understanding that if I do make this decision, what's going to happen? So it says, the first requirement is that I be convinced that any life run on self-will can hardly be a success. Again, Am I convinced that I can no longer manage my life? Am I convinced that my life run on self-will will lead to pain and misery to the point of where I would consider drinking alcohol again to try to kill the pain of the life that I have? On that basis, on the basis of me being Running my life on self-will, I am almost always in collision with something or somebody, even when my motives are good. So I have to see, looking back at my life, that on that basis of me managing my life, of me running my life on self-will, I am always in collision with something or somebody. Always. I love... uh I love the word almost here and uh, when it says, so my troubles are basically of my own making and I'm almost always, almost always in collision with something or somebody when I'm running on self-will. Even though my motives are good, most people, I, I try to live by self-propulsion and and then i have to ask myself do i is that the way i live do i try to live by self proportion am i always trying to figure out what i need to do to make my life better with no regard pretty much no regard to what anybody else what anybody else might need or have a, an agenda in their life I am like an actor who wants to run the whole show. I am forever trying to arrange the lights, the the ballet, the scenery, and the rest of the players in my own way. Sometimes I read it like this. Randy is like an actor who wants to run the whole show. Randy is forever trying to arrange the lights, the ballet, the scenery, and the rest of the players in Randy's own way. If Randy's arrangements would only stay put, if only would, people would do as Randy wished, the show would be great. I'm convinced of that. Self tells me that, if my wife would just act this way, if, if my daughter would just act this way, if they would just give me the right leads at work, if they would just do it the way I want, the show would be great. Everybody, including Randy, would be pleased. Life would be wonderful. In trying to make these arrangements, Randy may sometimes be quite virtuous. Randy may be kind, considerate, patient, generous, even modest and self-sacrificing. See, I think if I'm doing those things, if I'm being kind, considerate, patient, generous, modest, and self-sacrificing. I think that that's me with God because I'm being this guy, this this patient, considerate, modest, and self-sacrificing guy. But what I have found for my life is that Randy will practice those things in order to get what Randy wants. If Randy doesn't get what he wants, practicing those nice qualities, then on the other hand, Randy may may be mean, egotistical, selfish, and dishonest. But as with most humans, Randy is more likely to have varied traits. I would reword that as Randy is more likely to have varied strategies to get what he wants. If the strategy of self-sacrifice and, and modesty and patience and generosity isn't getting me what I want, I will become mean, egotistical, selfish, and dishonest. <clears throat> and then it asks me another question, what usually happens? So I got to look at my life again. What usually happens? Well, in my case, I don't know how they got this so damn right. But what usually happens in my case is the show doesn't come off very well. I begin to think life doesn't treat me right. I decide to exert myself more. I try harder. I become on the next occasion still more demanding or gracious as the case may be. But still, the play doesn't suit me. Things don't go the way I want. Admitting I may be somewhat at fault, I can admit that. Maybe I was too mean or too egotistical or too patient or too generous. I may have been somewhat at fault, admitting I may be somewhat at fault. I'm sure that you are more to blame. I become angry, indignant, and self-pitying. Nothing ever works out for me. I'm a loser. Nothing ever works out for me. I get mad, indignant, and I become full of self-pity. What is my basic trouble? That's the next line in the book. What is my basic trouble? It asks me that question. I got to think about that. What is my basic trouble? I think the book should say after that question, because I'm Randy, alcoholic with alcoholism, I think it should say, What is my basic trouble? I drink too much and I do stupid stuff and then I have to pay the price. That's what I think it should say, but it does not say that. It says, What is my basic trouble? Aren't I really a self-seeker, even when trying to be kind? So as an alcoholic with alcoholism, I am a taker. And everything I do is to get what I need for myself to be pleased. Even when I'm being kind. That's why I am convinced that there are no people pleasers in AA. Because a people pleaser does something for others to please them, end of story. A self-seeker does nice things for other people to get something. I'm a trader, not a, not a people pleaser, I'm a trader. I'm always willing to give you something so long as I get something in return, whatever that is. And you won't know what it is, that's the crazy part. I'll do something nice for you and I won't tell you what the price is, but I'll expect you to know it. And of course, you won't know what the price is unless I tell you and you couldn't possibly figure it out. And so then when you don't reciprocate, I just cut you straight out of my life. You no longer exist to me because you didn't reciprocate. You might, I might live with you in the same house and I might see you and I might smile at you and I might talk to you. But as far as I'm concerned, the giving is over. I've done everything I'm ever doing for you because you didn't reciprocate and you didn't even know what it was. <clears throat> Am I not the victim of the delusion that I can wrest satisfaction and happiness out of this world if I only manage well? That's another question I have to ask myself. Am I a victim of that delusion? Do I tell myself this lie? Do I lie to myself over and over and over and over that one day I'm gonna wrest satisfaction and happiness out of this world if I only manage well? If I only read the right book, if I only go to the right meeting, if I only get the right sponsor, if I only do the fourth step right, if I only get the right job or the right wife or the right house or the right something, then I'll be okay. And I have that delusion, it's a lie that I tell myself and it's so deep, that every time I uncover another layer of that delusion I can find something else that I am sodding, that I think that if I get that, then I'll be happy. Is it not evident to all the rest of the people in my life that these are the things I want, I want them to do it my way? And do not my actions of trying to control and manipulate them or trying to be completely uh, dominated by them to get what I want. Do not my actions make each of them wish to retaliate, snatching all they can get out of this show. Am I not, even in my best moments, a producer of confusion rather than harmony? I just have to look at my life and I have to ask myself those questions because those are the questions for why would I do the rest of this program? Why would I bother spending time treating alcoholism if that's not the case and if it's not I hope it's not the case for you. I hope you don't have this thing. I hope you're just a heavy drinker that's passing by and and uh, you accidentally came to this meeting. <laughs> <laughs> And then it talks about these, uh, it points out the self-centered, uh, egocentric personality. I am, I am self-centered and egocentric, pe- as people like to call me nowadays. I am like the retired businessman who lulls in the Florida sunshine, complaining of the sad state of the nation. I'm on vacation, and I'm complaining about everybody else that's not doing it right. The minister who sins over the s- sins of the 20th century. If people would just act right, it would be fantastic. Politicians and reformers who are sure all would be utopia if the rest of the world would only behave. The outlaw safecracker who thinks society has wronged him, and that's why it's okay to rob. It's okay for me to rob because I've been robbed. And the alcoholic who has lost all and is locked up. Whatever my protestations, am I not concerned with myself, my resentments, or my self-pity? Am I? What else am I concerned with? Am I concerned with world health? World hunger? Homeless people? I'm only concerned with homeless people if they try and pitch a tent on my street. Selfishness, self-centeredness, that I think is the root of my trouble. Again, that's a question, really. Do I think that selfishness and self-centeredness is the root of my trouble? Can I see that I'm driven by a hundred forms of fear, self-delusion, self-seeking, and self-pity, and that I step on the toes of my fellows and they retaliate? And sometimes they hurt me, seemingly without provocation, but I invariably find that at some time in the past, I have made decisions based on self, which later placed me in a position to be hurt. Can I see that? In my life? Is that what's happening? Or are people just randomly treating me terribly? By accident. I'm just in the wrong place at the wrong time. So my troubles, I think, are basically of my own making. If I've read this far, and I've answered those questions to myself, then, then I am at this sentence where it says, so my troubles, I think, are basically of my own making. Because I have thunk. I've think about it. I've had a I've had a thinking experience of answering these questions and that is my conclusion. They arise out of me and I as an alcoholic I'm an extreme example of self will run riot though I usually don't think so. I usually think I'm just trying to to get things right. I'm just trying to help you make everything go right so i can enjoy myself above everything i must be rid of this selfishness this selfish need to be self-satisfied in this moment all the time i must or it kills me and that kills me is dead that's not a joke that's not a that's not a metaphor for for the badness that happens when i do this if if i am driven by my selfishness I've seen it kill people I've seen I've been to the funerals of dead alcoholics drunk or sober who got killed by their selfishness by their own hand put a gun in their own mouth and blew the back of their own head off trying to shut up that self-talking mind. I muster it kills me and God makes that possible and there often seems to be no way of entirely getting rid of myself without its aid. That's my experience. I have had moral and philosophical convictions galore. To do everything, to make more money, to find a wife, to, to get a better job, to lose weight, to gain weight, to get muscle, to lose muscle, to stop shopping so much. To eat healthier. I've had moral and philosophical convictions galore, but I cannot live up to them, even though I'm pretty sure I would like to. Neither can I reduce my self-centeredness much on my own power. I have to have God's help. Right here, right now. I have to have God's help. That is the central theme of my life as an alcoholic with alcoholism. In order to be okay in this moment right now, I have to have God's help. I have to have God's help. All right, then it tells me how to get it. I got to quit playing God because the trying to run the whole show is me trying to play God. So this is the how and why of it. First of all, I have to quit playing God. Why? Because it doesn't work. If it did work, I'd keep playing God. Next, I decide right here, right now, in this drama of life, right now, that God is going to be my director. It's going to be my director. I'm going to be the actor. I'm going to show up and say, what do I do now? What do I do now? What do I do now? Because I'm the actor that didn't get the script. There is no script. This is like an improvisation, ongoing live improvisation, where I don't know who my character is. I don't know what part it plays. I don't know who you are. And I don't know why I'm here. And the minute I think I know, then self is running the show again. So God is my director in this moment. What do I do now, God? Where do I go next? How do I act? They just said hello to me, but I don't think they said it in the right tone. What do you think, God? How should I respond to that? When else could I need God's help if it's not right now? Can God help me in the future? Or could God help me clean up the past now, right now? No. This relationship, this I need help is a right now, I need help right now all the time. And I don't not need help anymore because I'm not drinking and because I haven't drank for 34 years. Now I'm qualified to to run the show. It doesn't say that anywhere in the literature. It would be nice if it said, okay, since you stopped drinking for 34 and a half years, now you are qualified to run the show, Randy. Have at it. You're going to be great. No more God needed. Well, I'll let go of your hand here. You're ready to go. God is the principle and I'm its agent. I'm on the planet. What that means to me is that I'm on the planet to represent God now. He is the father and I am his child. It's the father, and I'm its child. It being this thing, whatever this thing is that we call God. I don't like to use he, because then I see a man with a beard and and thunderbolts, and he's looking for me, I'm sure. And when he finds me, he's going to smite me. (laughs) I love that word. I will be smited by God if it finds me. Because I've done a lot of things in the past, a lot of terrible things. And even though I've paid the price, I still, I know I did them. And I know that I haven't really paid the price the way that I think that that if there was this judgmental God, that I would still be in need of judgment and and be smited. So, most good deals are simple. And this concept is the keystone of the new and triumphant arc through which I pass. So I'm not going to read the last paragraph because I've talked way too much, but this is fresh. Every time I read it, it's fresh. It's the way of life. It's what I have to have. And, and then the rest of the steps are so that I could stay here in this place of knowing that I have to have God's help. The rest of the steps get get the resentments out of the way. The resentments take me right back into alcoholism. The shame of the people I've harmed gets me right back into alcoholism. When I do the ninth step and I pay the price, most of that shame gets erased. When I do the fourth step and I see my part in it and I'm able to forgive others for being sick like I am, it takes a lot of the sting out of those out of those resentments. They're still there, I still have them, but I don't burn from them anymore, and they become non-events. And I get to live a much more peaceful-centered life in this relationship with this higher power. And and I get what it says. I have a new employer. When I do this, I if I sincerely take this position of those those positions of letting God be the director and me be the actor, trying to represent God on the planet right now as best I can and allowing it to provide everything that I need for me so that I'm not scraping and pushing and shoving and 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 bullying my way through life. If I can take that position, all sorts of remarkable things follow. I have a new employer. I don't work for you. I don't work for the company that pays my paycheck. I am here to do what I think God would have me do. And I do that to the best of my ability. And so long as I do that, it provides everything that I need. And established on that footing, I become less and less interested in myself. I said I wasn't gonna read this, but I am. I become less and less interested in myself, my little designs and plans. More and more, I become interested in seeing what can I contribute to life? What could I actually do here to make this better? for me and everyone around me. As I do that, I feel new power flow in right now, new power, new energy, new abilities. I enjoy peace of mind right here, right now in this moment. I discover I can face life successfully. I'm not a loser anymore. I become conscious of its presence of the presence of something walking with me. I begin to lose my fear of today, tomorrow, and the hereafter, now, right now. And I am reborn. I am a new man. I'm a new person today. And so that's how I read 60 to 63. That's how I read it in the morning. And that's what I see in it for today tomorrow i'll see something else and the next day i'll see something else and different parts of it come out and become more alive on different days but this is the life this is steps one two and three as a way of life and uh i needed that so bad so thank you for letting me indulge myself in my recovery in front of you i appreciate you so much and uh we're gonna open the meeting up now uh I would encourage you, if you don't do it, to read that every morning, first thing, when you wake up, every morning, from now on, forever, right now, today, (laughs) and for me, morning started right now, started at 11 o'clock, so I'm going to shut up now, I'm sorry I took up most of the meeting, we're going to open the meeting up for sharing, if you'd like to share, you can share about whatever you want. I record this meeting and we make it available on Spotify. So if you share, it could be, uh, it could be heard by others. Uh, I'm just letting you know that if you don't want to be recorded, I will pause the recording. If you ask me, uh, okay, Johnny, you're up.
1: Hi, I'm Johnny. I am also alcoholic. Hi Johnny. (laughs) There's a, In the big book, there's, in the doctor's opinion, there's a story about a guy who's uh, locked himself up in a barn. And it says his alcoholic problem was so complex, something, 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 unless I could promise him that he would never drink it, something to that effect. And everything Randy said about himself and the way self behaves is true in my life and more and a lot more that I have a self abusive mind that tells me, see, I'm unsatisfiable about me. I can never live up to a moving target of what self says I'm supposed to be in this world, that I'm supposed to be perfect, and I'm supposed to get everything I want, anything I can imagine for myself. And that leads to a life of suffering and a hurt mind a hurt mind and hurt people hurt people. I see it all the time with people in AA. with a lot of time, they never get their way and they're never good enough for themselves. And that's true with me. And these are common manifestations of self. So if we just take what was said in this meeting of what I'm up against, Because there's a lot more. (laughs) It's really. I mean, if I'm willing to dig deeper, which is the program in steps four, five, and six, and see the real truth about what I'm up against, then I'm convinced, just like Randy was saying, because I can't be convinced because I want to. I wasn't convinced that I was an alcoholic until I was convinced that I was an alcoholic. And in that moment, I fully conceded to my innermost self. And this only happens now. So when I look at my own character and see how frustrated it is with this world and with this life, I stand ready to do anything to lift the merciless obsession and the merciless obsession is me. It's me. I'm my own merciless obsession. And that's the truth in this life. That's the tough pill to swallow. So I need to identify that there is a power for my life and either I'm large and in charge or God's large and in charge that there's one chair in my mind and either I'm in the chair or God's in the chair and I will, God will never sit down in the chair without my authority because he loves me too much. So I have to make a decision right now based on the facts based on my track record. This is so hard to do because I don't want to look at it. I don't want to look at the truth. But when I do, it's miraculous because I see that there's nothing unique about this mind. It's the same mind that Randy has. It's the same mind that everyone I've ever heard share about alcoholism has. Hmm. So now I can turn back and reread it with we because we all have it. And then I can make an inquiry with God about the truth about my life, about what is me. What is being relieved from the bondage of self? And when I do that, it's miraculous. And then I can inventory it from an objective standpoint because what I know is that it is subjective 100% and the subject is always me. I'm praying, God, relieve me of the bondage of self, of the common manifestations that we all have. And now something miraculous is happening. I'm seeing, holy shit, I'm not unique in that. And there's a tremendous amount of freedom in that. So if you're new here, it's a tough message to hear, as they used to say. But we don't do it alone, you know, we get sponsored. And we walk through this together. And what gets revealed is that it's impossible to do it perfectly, except for right now. And that more will be revealed. And don't get off the operating table until the procedure is complete. So uh, I probably also said too much. So I'm going to leave it there. Thanks, Randy, for your lead.
0: Thanks, Johnny. Okay. I got to step out of the room for a second. I'm sorry. But Sybil, I'm going to unmute you.
2: Hi. I'm an alcoholic, great to be here um, I've been sick with the flu for a while And so I haven't been in a meeting And I just want to say I'm an alcoholic and I'm here It's great to hear everybody Great to hear the message, thank you Randy Thank you Johnny, it was really nice And um, Part of me When I was listening to this was thinking Yeah, I, I don't want to be like you guys <laughs> I really don't want to be like you guys And The truth is it's it's my mind it's this mind and um and it's also really okay you know i can say that a lot of my life is recovered today but um there's avenues of my mind that are not um and but meditating helped accepting this is how I am I feel like I'm having a challenge with just like the basic thing of like why is all of this called alcoholism you know it kind of annoys me like why is all of this called alcoholism and it's impossible to explain to anybody else except another alcoholic Um, and sometimes I feel like I'm making an excuse like this obsessive mind unsatisfiable mind you know, why am I calling that my alcoholism? Because that's how it's manifest these days. <sighs> anyway, I can just turn to my higher power. And I'm just really grateful to be here today. Thanks, everybody.
1: Thanks. Go ahead, Ed. Phyllis.
3: Thanks, Johnny. Thanks, Randy. Thanks, Johnny, for your share. Oh, my God, oh god you know it's, just, it's exactly what i needed to hear today totally what i needed to hear i need to hear this every day but i don't read this every day so hearing this every day felt like it was for the first time and it was only speaking to me because i need this every day whenever i think i have it which is it could be any it is anything if it's money uh, it, it's just amazing that this is really about self-honesty first. Self-honesty first, the admission of, I want to get by. I want to get by. But it looks like I don't want to get by. You know, I'm not going to let you know that. But in, that's exactly what this is until I really get that this is really, really not in my best interest, my higher interest. And somewhere along that in the second or around somewhere in the second step, when I say, can you be with me? Can you please be with me? Can you protect me from my mind? There's a click and I don't know what the click is in the day that I'm in that that says turn to me, turn to me. And there's relief that comes. And the relief is right now, right here, and that's it. You are. It can't be any other time. I wish you could. <laughs> anyway, Randy, both of you. Thank you very, very much for your leads today. I really needed to. Hear. Of course, I had a situation
0: today. Yes. Thanks. Thanks. Nice to see you. Sorry, I missed your share, Sybil. Um, awesome. Okay. Who's next? Thanks, Johnny, for picking that up. Uh, you guys are awesome. Uh, Venetia. Oops. Thanks, Mandy. Um, Hi.
4: lovely to hear you. Thanks everyone else who shared. Johnny, Phyllis, everyone. Um, yes, <laughs> I love what you said about Well, I don't know, like loving it, but practice the, the stuff to get what I want. And it's like, yes, yeah, there's a, not even really that sneaky about it. But, um, and I was reflecting about being that those questions about was I convinced, and and when I did a formal step three, I was absolutely convinced. I mean, no question, rock bottom. This is you know this is what I want. But am I convinced every day, every minute? No. <laughs> um, but do you know what happened tonight, which was really why I wanted to raise my hand, was that? Um, you know, I'm a creature of habits, obviously, but um, and I love you repeating things, and I love the familiarity, but just the effort of keeping an open mind of things can sometimes defeat me. But today, when we did the Step Three prayer, I was I was going through it with as much an open mind as possible, but at the same time, I was utterly surprised when I actually felt a connection. <laughs> I was I was just used to. You know, just doing it with good intention and with, you know, um, I guess sincerity, but, but with no expectation. And when I felt this very, very deep heart connection, I mean, really, it was like, oh, wow, it was just really lovely to be, you know, received. I just felt received and that relationship and um, it's what I need at the moment. And yeah, it's a lot easier to keep, to keep listening um, in that state, but you know put me in a in a different state and and then it you know I can revert to, to type and like well this isn 't working and you know the script that goes on so um yeah it 's an experiential program, and there is um i think i I reach different levels of surrender around whenever I hear you and others and and i'm not in charge of that surrender. I'm not in charge of when I am surrounded and what it looks like and the grace of how that happens. But I show up and that's the best I can do. So I'm really grateful today.
0: Thank you very much. Thank you, Vanisha. Okay, who's next? Uh, No hands were raised.
5: David, David, I'll call it. Hi, David. It's great to be here. It's been a while, Randy. Um, thank you, Johnny, too, for your share. I got so much out of both your shares. It's amazing how much I'm like you guys and everybody here. It still blows my mind. Um, I just want to check in today. I guess that's why I raised my hand. Uh, I've been out of it for a while. I've been in self. I've been t- talking to myself a lot, thinking I'm really smart about this disease and getting in pain and coming back to this beginning and realizing that I'm not my thoughts and that I'm going to be in pain if I'm listening to my mind thinking that I'm smart enough for this thinking I got this and I don't I don't have any of it it's that's the best news I have is that I don't have to be smart enough for this disease I could because disease is smarter than me I think in a lot of ways it attacks me and tells me that I'm smart and I'm not it's lying to me and it gets me back here in the meeting when it'd be a little bit of, a little bit of pain and that's all it takes for me is a little bit of pain now to head to bottom and to come back to this meeting and realize that um i'm the wrong power for my life and it's uh the more i stay sober the more i need to be aware of this thing and we need to be aware of my life and what's important what's important and what's going to make me sane and we see that more and more in my life but the more i stay sober the more I'm forgetting, I'm forgetting to read that page in the morning. I'm forgetting to do a lot of things, but that's just because I think I'm smarter than this. And it's that's where I've been in the past about a month. And I haven't been going to many meetings. And I've just been thinking that um, I just need to let go. You know, I can't be smart. I have to let go of this thing. When I let go is when the magic happens, when I don't fight it. So when I think I'm smart, I'm fighting it. And when I don't want to fight this, it doesn't get anything, it doesn't get anything solved. Um, so I just wanted to reach out in this meeting and say yeah, it's been a great meeting. I've got both out of Johnny sharing and your share a lot today. This is where I need to be today, so I'm glad I showed up. Um, this, is, this is me today, and I'm happy to be me today, and I'm hoping to be here. Thank
0: you all for your share. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, David. Welcome. Good to see you again. All right, we got three minutes. Anybody got a two-minute share? Yes, Dan. I have what will hopefully be a two minute share on Dean of an alcoholic.
6: Hi Dan. And I gotta thank everybody for being here. Brandy, thanks again for the wonderful meeting. I um, you know this is serious stuff, this this alcoholism thing. But I have to I have to thank you for uh, throwing some levity in there. You know, because I thought I too have scoured this book. Scoured it. And you know, I keep looking for it and maybe it's in there and I just haven't seen it yet. That part where it says, Okay, now for you, Dan, for you, since you're a special alcoholic, after you do this for a given amount of time, you can just you're you're good. You can you can run with it. You're gonna be just fine. Everything's gonna be wonderful. You don't need to do any more of this work stuff. And, uh, and I just haven't done. So for me, I have to. I have to. Oh, I, 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 I right? No, I don't. I don't have to do anything except so do my best on a daily basis. To turn my will and my life over the care of God. And and when I do that, things just go well. Things go well. And I experience happiness. It's just pure. And it's, it's good. I like it. It's, it's good stuff. So you know what? I'm going to come back for more. Nice. So thank you all for being here.
0: Thanks, Dan. Perfect. Perfect share. Thank you. And thank you to everyone who shared Sybil. I'm sorry I had to walk out of the room for a minute. But they're doing this crazy work at my house. And I am constantly on call. So... I appreciate all of you. I I literally, you saved my life again today. You you think I do this for you? If you do think that, I'm sorry. Uh, I do this because this is what I have to do to stay alive myself. That's why I'm here, and I think that's why the meeting works. Is because not this is not a this is not a place to come and learn stuff. This is a place to come and be aware be uh, present and be reminded that this is the day that I got to practice this and by I I mean all of us but but uh, that's that's what it is for me this is a this is where I'm reminded and not just reminded that I need to practice but I start practicing again even if I've practiced all morning this is the meeting where I practice it again right now so I appreciate you all I hope uh, to see you on Saturday Bring your sheets, please do a couple of those sheets for your life and and show up on Saturday and, and, and go over them with us, uh, please. This is the last Saturday, I promise that we go over those sheets. Um, and then we're moving on to the fear inventory. All right, so we'll take a moment of silence and then I'll make it so you can unmute yourself. Okay, if you'd like to, you could unmute yourself. God, grant, grant us me the surrender, surrender to, to accept
6: the things, things we cannot change, change, the courage to change the things we
0: can, and, and the wisdom, wisdom to know the, the difference. Amen. Amen. I will not you, Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank you.